I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now, before you legends sit down and listen to Ado and I dissect all things front row forward, I just want to remind you that the Jewel Position podcast is proudly sponsored by Bet With Joel, Australia's leading sports investment team and the highest performing sports tipping service in the country, bar none. Now, since we've announced this wonderful sponsorship, a lot of you guys have messaged me, told me how fantastic you found the service and how much it's taken your punting to the next level. With packages starting from just $0, it is fully tailored for each client-specific needs. For more information on results and packages, visit www.betwithjoel.com and use code SCWLISTENER for 50% off the entire NBA season or use the code SCWFREEWEEK for your first week absolutely free. Don't, Don't raise trade just yet. yet. Sit down and strap in for the Ultimate Super Coach Podcast. It's time to win your leagues and dominate your mates. This, this is, is the Jewel Position Podcast, hosted by Whisperer and Adrianosaurus. I will tell you what, mate. I am touching my team more than a 14-year-old touches himself. It's getting ridiculous. I'd love to do some more team reveal content, but I feel like we'd be doing a new episode every six hours. Yeah, it is a bit that way. You know, we, because you podcast and we, I'm talking about Supercoach all the time, I certainly am on there changing it more than I would if I didn't. Um, and as a result, you kind of get to a point where you um, start to confuse yourself a little bit and... Um, you know, I've I've changed my team a number of times, and then we watch the trials, and we start to think about things in a different way. Like, can you put your Tikamano in at front row too? And um, you know, some people have been a little bit underwhelming as well. So it is right up there with the times that we all change our teams left, right, and center. So I mean, I I posted mine to the story yesterday, and it's different again already. Yeah, so is mine. Mine was different about two hours after it. Um, <laughs> look, I think out of the twenty five, I've got probably. 18 down pat. Um, it's just working out a combination of a couple of guns, whether you're going to go with the, the Cleary Hines route or the Cleary Grant route. I think, it, and it just comes down to that combination. But today we're here to talk about the big boys up front, probably the most uh, inconsequential position in Supercoach. But if you can nail it, we saw from last year with like guys like Joe Tarpany um, that it can definitely provide some reward. Now, you mentioned uh, Big Stefano. There's a couple of strategies to go this year. Do you go, you know, two premiums? Do you go two middies? Do you go a cheapie and a midi? There's, you know, all kinds of different variants to go down. But today we're going to discuss probably 15 of the most common names you're going to see floating around a few teams. And number one is your boy out of Canberra, Joe Tarpany. Yeah, big Joe Taps, Joey Taps. He played in the uh, Indigenous versus the Māori um, yesterday. He looked really good there as well. I think he cleaned up about 60 
um, super coach points in about 60 minutes, which is good to see looking lean. And he was still a lot, you know, punchy, wasn't he breaking tackles and, and doing sort of fends and offloads and stuff. So it was, he doesn't look like he's left off. He's he's kicked off this year where he left off last year. He's going to cost you 699,500. I sort of came into this season saying there's no way um, with the guns that I want that I'm going to go expensive in the front row. I've had a couple of bills where I've gone expensive enough to get Cotter in. I can't say I've ever, uh, I've had any iteration of my team with um, Joseph Tuppany in there, but if you're going to go a gun in the front row, um, there are a very select few that you could choose. And Joe Tappany is one of them. Um, he's 20.5% ownership. That's because he did so well last year. And and the funny thing about him is he actually started pretty slow and sort of worked up to that sort of, um, you know, the, the gun, absolute weapon gun he was. Uh, the average last year um, was 66.5. Um, he... Oh, I thought it was interesting to point out but because I did say he, he started worse than he finished. Rounds 1 to 11, his average was 57 last year. Uh, from rounds 12 to 25, the average was 72. Yeah, I remember but, I remember buying him in round 13, specifically for buy coverage. I had no intention of holding him, uh, and then he, he, he became a borderline keeper. What do you think of the 20.5% ownership? That's one in every five teams. That seems high. I mean, not high for Joe Tarpany because he's a stud, but I didn't expect one in five people to sort of own him. Well, yeah. I mean, I kind of felt like... Um you know him and Tino and and I thought Cotter might be. I, I you did Cotter, so well, oh, was it me? I did Cotter. We'll have a look at him. I think the spread could be evenly over those, but twenty point five on Joey Taps at nearly seven hundred k. I mean, buy a buy yourself a bloody Murray. You know he'll do. You're hoping that Tuppany repeats what he did last year. You know Murray's going to do it, so it does surprise me a little bit. But look, here's what I'm projecting him for this year: seventy point four. Um. Much like how he finished last year with the minutes, um, with the P- his, his career PPM or, or the PPM over the last two years for him has been 1.3. So he's got an exceptional PPM. I'm saying if he gets 55 minutes at his, at a, well, let's, let's drop the PPM to 1.28. Let's forget about the last two years. Let's say he has a worse PPM than last year and he only gets 55 minutes. He's going to get 70.4. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing, um, we've always had with Joe Tapney is, is he going to get the minutes? Look, Joe, uh, Josh Papali'i is, he's an elder statesman now, and it's kind of like they flip positions. It's not 55 64, um, Josh Papali'i, it's for Tapani. And it's the 45 minutes, you know, for, for Papa now. And, and Tapani's the one that's going to take, you know, the Josh Papali main front rower spot. So that is where I'm predicting this year. Yes, it is. Um, I'm average, I'm tipping him to be a 70 plus, aren't I? And that's a huge call, I reckon, because you're really going to need everything to fall in place. The 55 minutes and you're going to need his PPM. I was happy enough with what I saw yesterday that I, I feel very confident about it. Um, The buys are in round eight, round 16 and round 20. Um, In draft, I'd actually put him ahead of Tino. Now, we talk about draft and having Jewel being an absolute um, diamond when it comes to draft, but Tino is going to go off to origin and Tuppany being a New Zealander is not going to do that. So I'm I'm all over Tuppany as the as the top pick, um, and and he's got that over Cotter as well. So um, I think he'll probably go in round two, to be quite honest. Or depends on the size of your league, because everyone's going to be grabbing those ceiling players, which is not what Tuppany is. He he'll stretch, and 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 everything's going to go right for him to get a seventy. Whereas people are going to grab fullbacks, halfbacks, Murrays, you know these ones that do seventy plus easily. Um, but you know I prefer him out of those other two premiums in, in for draft in the front row. 
just because you're going to have him for more uh, of the year. Um, his pros, well, look, we lost IPAP in the front uh, row forward. So Tuppany, Cotter and, and Tino, they're the premiums. Uh, and Tuppany's the only one that doesn't play Origin. Um, from the halfway point of last year, he went bang at a 72 average. And that even included a 32-minute game. So he had a short, really short game in there as well. So maybe he could get that again, but who knows? It included a 32-minute game. Um, Papa's getting older and Tuppany's the main man in the Raiders pack. I'm tipping 70-plus. Uh, and with any luck, the 50 minutes um, average that he got last year uh, as a total over the year will jump to 55. Um, the cons... The minutes have always been a concern, and we've always said Tuppany would be an absolute weapon if he gets the minutes. Um, last year, we had several games. So we had a game in the 30s, I just mentioned, and there were several low 40s um, minutes. Um, we need 50 minutes minimum for it to be, you know, if 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 he does like um, rounds 1 to 12 and he's getting 45, maybe a tick under 50 minutes, you're going to be regretting it because he needs to hit the ground with 50 right from the start and he will average that 70-plus. Um, can he produce back-to-back um, amazing seasons? That's the question. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm tipping him too. Um, I have had iterations of my side with Tarpany in there. Uh, I do expect, you know, around a 70 average. I think we're very fortunate with the slow start to, that he had, um, that he is priced at a 66 or 66 and a half. Um, so even if you aren't looking at him as a keeper, which I think he is, even if you're not, there's still, you know, five points of value there. Um, being a Kiwi also helps. I'm a huge, huge fan. Uh, I think Josh Papali'i is um, the kind of player who isn't selfish. He understands that he's on the way out and he's more than happy to, to hand up the mental piece. And yeah, Tarpey looked really, really good yesterday for the Māori All-Stars. Uh, and yeah, just reaffirms his status as the best front row forward for Supercoach, in my opinion. Um, you mentioned Tino a couple of times. He's probably battling with Tino. Uh, last year, Tino averaged 67.0, uh, price at 704k, currently in just under 10% of teams at 9.8 at time of recording. Uh, this year, I've tipped him at a 69.5, so very, very slightly under Tarpany. Now, I guess the debate with Tino versus Tarpany is Tino has the jewel, which is probably more handy um, compared to to Tarpany. Uh, and that's why in draft, I've got him going late two, early three uh, in terms of the rounds. The duel is, you know, is nice from a, a draft and a classic point. Um, that's probably why the Tarpany versus Tino debate is so close because of the additional value that Tino provides at 2RF. Um, the, the pros, you know, he really excelled from a super coach standpoint uh, in the back end of the year last year, uh, averaging 82 in the front row in his time finishing out there. So really, really, you know, great stuff. 82 surpasses Tarpany in what he did. Although Tarpany's was over a longer standpoint, um, you know, Tino cleared it relatively easy. He is the Titans leader and should see a bulk of the minutes and will probably end as the front rower too. I don't think that's... I mean, you, you could make a debate that he does finish as the front row one based off his stint in the front row last year. Um, the cons for Tino is like a, we- a weird round five buy. Now, it's not early. It's not late. It just sort of halts any momentum that uh, he might have in your team. For a cheaper price and a higher projected average, we've mentioned that you can get Tarpany, who does have the later buy. Um, however, Tino does have that handy jewel, which you could argue does hold more value. Uh, and a staple on the Queensland side, he will always miss a good portion of the year, when it, whereas Tarpany won't. So the question comes out of your two front row guns, because we only have you know two out and out guns. Are you taking? Uh, I mean, I've got I've got Tino at, at, at a sixty nine point five. Let's just call it seventy. Mm. Are you still leaning towards Tarpany if you had to pick one for your side? Yes, I would because. 
you know, you've got that awkward round five and, you know, if worse comes to worse and you, cause they're both guns. So, you know, you don't prioritize usually moving out guns unless, you know, it's like a Harry Grant where he's going to have a, bo- you know, he's going to miss a big chunk of games. Um, So I think that you could be in a position where you're like, oh damn, I can't get rid of them. And in that event, I think they're both going to score the same and you're just going to have more games out of Tuppany. You're also, you're you also going to know, like if shit hits the fan, Tuppany's not getting moved around, whereas Tino could obviously just go back to 13, which he had a significant you know, downturn in scoring. Yeah, so look, it is, it's a flip a coin, I think, but I just, I, look, it, the, 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 the winning thing for, for Tino is the duel. The winning thing for Tuppany is that he's going to be available for more games, doesn't have the early buy, and I think this year that's more valuable. So I would take... Big Joey Taps, personally. For 80K more, talk to me on Ruben Cotter. Ruben Cotter, what a year it was for him last year. Wouldn't it be nice if he had Jewel? You know, oh. they you know, they give it to Tino. I suppose they're going to throw Tino back into lock, but oh, they did that all year last year with Ruben Cotter and T- um, what's his name? Lolo. So, I mean, seems a bit stiff to me. 623,400. Now, he is a nice little... Um, you know that's seventy k, isn't it? From from those two guys in your pocket, he's getting Which, he's getting into antipod territory though at twenty four percent ownership. That's awfully high. Yeah, but I mean, look, if you you can antipod Tappany with Cotter, uh, I guess, and save yourself seventy k. Yeah, I don't know, but true, they are true. both. Ex- I yeah. mean, I can't believe people are. Uh, that's so many. That's that's huge. Uh, I, that's forty percent of players. I guess. Um, I guess out of the four. Sorry, I guess out of that forty percent, out of the twenty four that own Cotter and the twenty one that own Tappany. Oh, I would suspect maybe less than half a percent own them both. Yeah, madness if you own them both. Where's where's the rest of the good players in your team if you're going that big in the front row? Um, look, he's twenty three point nine percent, which is a huge ownership. It doesn't surprise me because he was very good last year. I think he has leveled up in his career as well, even from the halfway point of last year. And actually, doing a bit of study on him, he um was affected by. You remember that period where he got injured in Origin, then had to have seven games off. Yeah, I held, I held him the entire time because I was like, yeah. I don't know what to do with him here, so I just held. <laughs> well, he, his back end was affected by that. You yeah. can see a little dip in the score, so I'm not expecting that this year if he stays healthy. Um, hey, Look, his 2022 average was 59.3, um, so I was a little bit behind those guys. Um, Round 1 to 11, I did that with uh, Tuppany. His average was 64.6, and the round 12 to 25, the average was 51. Now, that round 12 to 25 was coming back off that seven games off. And, and it was a dip of 13 points in the average. So um, I'm projecting him this year for right around that run to 1 to 11. I'm tipping him for a 63-point average. Um, that's his point per minute of 1.05 times 60 minutes in that um, pack. Um, his, his PPM over the last two years has been a 1.05, and I think his PPM is getting better. I wouldn't even be surprised to see him go up this year more to that 1.2 like um, Tappany and, and Tino. If that's the case, it's going to be high 60s and, and getting around where these guys are going to be because I think he's going to get 60 minutes. Do you think in yeah, that pack he will? Yeah, I think so. I think, I think revert back to when you're doing your analysis on Cotter, I would revert back to his round 1 to 11 form. Um, and in saying that, I know we've we've pumped up Tino and Tarpany, but we've both said it. You know, best case scenario, they're both seventy point scorers, and you know, for six hundred and twenty k, you can get a guy who I think would be around sixty four. You think sixty three for Ruben Cotter? So, yep. I think if you've got seven hundred k to spend on a front row forward, probably save your money and and put it into Cotter. Um, yep. Um, um, buys w- 
sorry, buys for him at 15, 19, and 24. We probably think he's going to go off to Origin as well, but um, there's no early buys, is there? No, and you've also got that good draw that we talk about. Um, I, I guess you can you can look into that in two points. Do you look at it that the Cowboys will be dominating, so there's less work for Clutter to do, or do you look at it that the weaker teams maybe you leak you through the middle, so Clutter could have some more attacking advantage? Uh, I'm probably in, indifferent. I'm not too fussed on the draw when it, when it comes to Clutter. And, yeah, I think coming back from the injury is going to be huge for him. And I think we do get him at a pretty discounted price. Um, do, do you see him as a season-long keeper? Probably not. Um, but, you know, doesn't have the buy until round 15. So you're going to get three, four solid months out of him before you can flick him on to someone like a Tarpany, for example. Yep. I really think that he's a viable option. And if you're going to go premium in the front row, I don't think you can go wrong with any three of or any of those threes. What I will say um, is it was a bit of a worry because he did start the year with an injury and he did have that mid-year injury. Um, we saw that that's a, you know, a slight worry with him because he is a smaller kind of body and he goes a million miles an hour, isn't he? It's kind of like um, Reed Marnie, that smaller size one that does go, they hit as hard, don't they? And they go as hard as the big boys, but we saw him pick up a couple of injuries and he has had a bit of an injury history, hasn't yeah, he? But, I, was, um, I was going to say, like, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm just scrolling back through my Instagram as we're talking, but I remember doing a post on him uh, in the preseason last year and I think a really crazy stat with Cotter uh, was in four years, he never played five games back to back to back to back to back. So he was always yep. in and out. Um, I, I'm still and we scrolling. saw last year it affected him when he when he came back, but to the tune of 13 points. So if he's fit as a fiddle this year, you're in good shape. If he does um, get some injuries, I think it's you know, could be a bit of a worry. Peyton is one of those hard-to-peg coaches, isn't he? Like... We kind of, I owned Lolo last year and it was so frustrating because he just seemed to, we kept saying, oh, he's saving him for finals and it just never sort of happened. Um, I think that he's, out of all of them, Cotter's probably the one that he's prioritizing minutes for. So I'm less worried about him as I am for others. Um, but, you know, uh, you never know with that coach. Um, he, he's, I mean, look, those buys around 15, 19, 24, that's why he's not a season keeper around. 1519 um it's right around origin he might get rested because he's um got a heavy workload hasn't he so yeah, and then round, probably and then round, move him on. round 24 is obviously a very crucial round for for super coaches um yep. yeah with cotter outside of last year he had played 21 games in three seasons uh, and obviously last year did have the injury issues as well so there is that that concern um i just think out of those three premium front row forwards i'd probably lean towards cotter when i said at the start of the analysis that i didn't Realised he'd be as high as he was owned. I thought he'd go under the radar a little bit um, because he did lose the jewel and, you know, was slow at the back end of last year. But a lot of people have seen through that. And mm. I do commend that because I, I do think there is, you know, a lot of value for him. Yeah, um, In the tier two bracket, we sort of moved down to guys like Tohu Harris at 640k. Uh, currently 8.5% owned. And last year averaged 69 uh, this year, I've got him pegged at about a 63. Now, with Tohu, he's got buyers in 12, 15, and 22. Uh, in draft, it's hard. It's hard to do an analysis. I've got him as a sort of a late fourth-round pick. Uh, it's it's a tough one. It's, it depends on your belief of, of the injury. Um, look, it is his full. Uh, he does have a full preseason back after that major injury, which is obviously a big tick we know historically. Um, he doesn't have an early buy, so you can lock Tohu down for a good three months before buys get tricky or you want to move him on. Uh, and he is you know, a proven gun in years gone by, does have the handy jewel. The cons, a really awkward price, which doesn't see a whole lot of room for growth. Look, Ada, I've got him pegged at a 63 I don't see us ever getting back to 68 average of Tohu of old. 
No, well, that's it. Um, you know, it's kind of like um, a, an aging, you know, weapon of a player in in uh, Tohu. Would you just go an up and comer like um, Cotter? You know, that, with a nice easy draw to start the year. Um, yeah, I can see him getting to sixty three this year. But he's in his. How old is he? He's in his thirties. Well, that's the thing. Like I've, I've, I, I go on to say, like he's, he's now thirty one, turning thirty two, coming off a major injury, um, and I think the big thing in years gone by that, like the Warriors have always looked to Tohu because they haven't had a fantastic forward pack, but now they've got a, you know, a pretty handy forward pack, so they could be be less reliant on Tohu. Yeah, um, and if, if if he is actually in the front row, you know, they're putting him in the front row rotation. I think that there's probably you know, a cause to maybe give him a little rest as well. well. That's the so, thing. I've, I've got him pegged at a 63 average, Ado, but I wouldn't be surprised come October, you and I do a season review podcast and Tohu's sitting there at a 56, 57. Like, I think it could go go any way. Like, I'm just, I've got no interest in him for classic. Uh, I think there's cheaper jewels with the same output and, yeah, 640K when you can go Cotter for 623. Yeah, you don't have the jewel, but you've just got a far, far better stable output for Tohu. So, yeah, the the 8.5% for me seems awfully, awfully high. Mm. Yeah, I think that, I mean, there's probably a lot of Kiwis and probably, I mean, when you're one of these players that in the past was a weapon, it's, you try to go, you take it too long. You, you go, not not them, you know, he's going to just do his best, isn't he? He's going to play what they the coach wants him to. But I think um, we, we you know, it's like when Gallon eventually went to started to slow down and we've, we've seen the guns start to eventually run down. I think that that could be the case for Tohu this year. Yeah, I'm. I'm just worried about it just a little bit. Hey, I'm really, really keen on 1.7 percent owned Tavita Tatola. Tell me about him. Yeah, Tavita Tatola. He's 1.7 percent owned. Um, he's average in 2022 was 50.9. Um, look, he's finished the year. I like to look at the start of the start of the year for him was 39.2 up to around 11, uh, and he finished the year nicely. I think it was because he sort of took a real leadership pack. Remember when he sort of. Like, wow, Satola's actually having a ripping year. The moment that you thought that, that was around 12 to 25 where he averaged 61.58. Now, 61.58, that's unders for 535. Yeah, I'm a huge, huge fan of Satola. You mentioned here, like, you'll go on to say in the pros that they've lost Mark Nichols. I think they've also had a couple of injuries. I think Harm Sally picked up something yeah. in the trial and... The name escapes me. There was a major injury to another one of their middles uh, in the week just gone by as well. Oh, the uh, Tavili. Yes, uh, Havili. So there's, you know, I think there's going to be a fair few minutes here for uh, for Old Tavita. Yeah, well, maybe. Um, look, I'm projecting him for 55 this year, but that um, is 50 minutes at his career PPM. The PPM is 1.1. I think he could probably, it's more like um, 12 to 25 last year. If he can go at that PPM over 50 minutes, it'll be very good. I think it's a 55 minimum, um, but early season, um, it could be more like 60 minutes, couldn't it? And if he gets 60 minutes at his PPM, he'll be, you know, 63 kind of points. And I really got, think it's they've got that really tough draw, which uh, a lot of the game, like it's not like it's a tough draw with a bad side. Like Souths are a good side. So they're going to be in a lot of arm wrestles, you'd think, uh, in the first month, six weeks. Yep. Um, look, I think uh, draft-wise, he'll probably go late rounds because he's just one of those ones that flies under the radar. I think he'll go like round five-ish. And he's one that I'd probably be looking to get when you're, you're looking to fill your second front row spot. Um, you could do a lot worse than having him as your first, but I think we've gone over some other names. Like People will probably grab Tohu before they grab Tatola. Which sure. I think is crazy. I'd much prefer Tavita. Like, Tohu does have the jewel, um, but I'd still take Tavita over Tohu as uh, in draft. 
Yep, just based um, look, value. The, his pros for me, he he leveled up last year from um, 12 onwards, and I think he started to look like um, a dominant forward. It, it, before that, he was a bit of a, it's not a plotter, but he just had, his moments were so much um, less frequent, whereas he he sort of seemed to take the pack on the, on his back, I reckon, last year from 12 onwards, and I really am expecting that he's um, going to continue that. Some of the scores last year from round 12 onwards, a 71, a 102, a 99, a 77. Um, so if he plays the whole year like that, he'll be sort of in the mid, you know, in the 60s, low to mid 60s. Um, the Souths have lost a few bit and a few um, important plays in the middle, and they've they look a little bit skinny, particularly with those injuries. Um, look, his cons are that he's sort of um, on an awkward price, and there's guys around 75k cheaper. Well, I wrote that they'll do better, but look, where if he's only getting 50 minutes, they'll do better. I think players like Gilbert, you know, you can get them for quite a bit cheaper. Um, you know, Welch maybe, if, or people who might like one of those ones in the 400s that could probably do the same sort of output. Um, and he's got a mix of low ones and high ones. You know, you see those 71, 102, 99, 77, that's up like tuppany sort of levels, isn't it? Um, but he's got a low one in him. You can do some 30s and 40s as well. So I think he can be frustrating at times because he does have a quiet game. Um, but he's a watch definitely for me. And I think he's a quality front uh, rower. I just worry about the consistency, but I reckon this year that could be one of those moves where you save yourself, you know, a good a good penny in the in the front row to start the year. Yeah, I think you got to have some big balls to start with him, um, but it's not yep. a bad pick at all. Like if you showed me your team and it had to tolerate, I'm not going to talk you out of it. Um, it's, he's one of those guys where, like, if you go for it, I think it's a great pick. Um, yeah, I'm just not too a lot sure of people go him. like um, the next bloke on the list, but if you saw it to Tully, you'd be like, yeah, I don't mind it. Yeah, yeah. The next bloke on the list, Luke Thompson, currently at 3.8% ownership. Last year, uh, only averaged 48.7. Look, this year I've got him pegged at a 58. That could be a 66. It could be a 42. Like, honestly, he, he could go as high as 66, 67. Uh, it just depends. I mean, buys in round 13, 17, 23, uh, an Englishman as well. So, you know, does get three months of uninterrupted footy and then uh, will cover, you know, a couple of weeks in the middle. Does have 13 and 17, which is kind of awkward, you know, two buys in a month. Uh, in draft, you know, I've got him about round six, thanks to his duel. Uh, the duel is handy. Uh, the pros for Luke Thompson does have an uninterrupted preseason. Oh, sorry, underpriced due to inconsistent minutes last year, in and out of form, injury, whatnot. Does have a full preseason now. Um, but he was a proven gun a few seasons ago. He's one of those rare props that can find the try line. Does have a handy deal with very late buys. Uh, the cons is a very congested middle rotation. You know, you've got Max King, TPJ, Ryan Sutton, Corey Waddell, uh, Jackson Tarpin, uh, Tapine. Where do the minutes come from? Uh, I feel like 512 with the minutes is probably a tad expensive to gamble on with the injuries to Sele, um, with to Havili. I'd probably like rather pay an extra 20k, take a punt on Tola or drop down to a couple of the cheaper guys that we will talk about moving forward. Nice, short and sharp with Luke Thompson. Uh, I was keen early on in the preseason, um, but yeah, looking at that rotation now that uh, you know the word out of the out of the camp of the Bulldogs is that RFM will play on the edge. Uh, we were sort of banking on uh, TPJ playing a little bit of edge, take out some minutes, but TPJ looks like he's going to be through the middle rotation. They love Jackson Depine, Corey Waddell. I mean, you've even got Andrew Davey uh, on the books at the Bulldogs as well. Not that I expect him to take many minutes, but you know it's just more names to add to the rotation. 
Um, it seems more like a beefy pack than the South's one with with their injuries. Yeah, and yeah losses. exactly, exactly. And you've 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 said before, like uh, those Totola scores, he does have that hundred point upside. Um, does have the seventy point game in him as well, which is you know a big drawing factor of Thompson. And if you can match it with Totola um, with more consistency, I'd rather go there. Uh, but yeah, just a lot of lot of mouths to feed at the Bulldogs. I was keen mm. early on, but uh, I, I'd give it a pass. And yeah, surprising that he is owned by nearly four percent of teams. Mm. Well, I mean, like you said, we get on a narrative, don't we? And that's that the dogs are going to be better this year. So we're going to look at them today on day of recording because it's in the trials. Um, Dan Safidi. I was going to say at the start of the podcast, you talked about players impressing players, not impressing so much. Uh, how much do you put Daniel Saifidi's performance down the other night to match fitness, hot weather, or how much do you put it down to him maybe not being the mid-price savior that we? Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I thought he was going to be. Well, we were all saying um, it's got to be a resurgent year from Dan Safidi. They've lost Clem, who was absolutely outstanding last year, elite kind of um, performer. And we know that Dan Safidi has that in him. Um, both Safidi boys started the game yesterday, and I just thought that the Knights looked like their middle was soft. I mean, these guys, I, I know that the, it's just a trial. So, you know, maybe they're just going out and taking it easy. It's kind of hard to know whether that's what they were doing. You and I were messaging, and you were like, Oh, I haven't loved what I've seen from DSAF. And I was like, well, they've got to at least have some pride in their middle. And it didn't look like they had that. Um, so I had, I don't think I even had him in my team, but I just put an absolute red line through him for me. That's not to say that people can't go him because he is, um, you know, he's a bargain, isn't he? And you, you, you can believe that maybe it was just a trial and they went a little bit lighter on and that there's going to be better things for him. They did go out with, um, you know, a pretty average team. They've got a lot of big or better players to come back into the team, but I didn't love what I saw, I'll tell you that much. Um, look, he's 9% owned. That seems um, low, considering all, maybe it's just the Twitter hype and maybe, like, Supercoach isn't as popular on Twitter as what I thought it was, but, like, 9% <laughs> seems low for the amount of hype oh. I've seen for, for DSAP. Yeah, well, I mean, people have probably, well, I don't know. That was We did this before the trial was yeah. on. I'd say people, it's probably even lower now in real life. Um, I'm projecting him for 58 um, this year. Now, that was, uh, look, that, if it is the case, it's a ripping deal, isn't it? Um, PPM of 1.05, because look, his PPM went down ill last year, didn't it, compared to his career. This is basically his career PPM last year. It was 0.8, so he's going to need to bump, bump it up 0.2. Um, if, it, if he's getting 55 minutes, it'll be a 58. So the PPM needs to be his career PPM. Uh, and it needs to be 55 minutes for him to reach the 58. Um, buys in round 10, 14, and 19. Um, look, he's pros. You, you've lost Clem. You've lost Barnett. Um, you know, th- there's some minutes to be taking. Um, and I think that DSAF, he's the one that screams the bloke to get the extra five to seven minutes, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, whether he's going to deliver in it at, at the 1.5 or where it's going to be the 0.8 from last year, that's where my huge worries are on him. Um the well, last year, uh, you know, his PPM was the worst of his career. So I'm expecting him 
and hoping if you're an owner of him to for him to return to his 1.05 um ppm or all better um and he's got no buy till um oh, i don't know what did i say? i can't even understand my own around, writing around 10 so yeah, around got, ten. Yeah, two and a half months. I mean, I think if you were if you were keen on DSAF, I wouldn't put the red line for him based off that performance. I definitely watch one more week next week with a full strength side. I think everyone's going to be playing next week. So uh, yeah, you get an idea of the minutes then too, because if it is up up, up around the fifty five, I think we can probably take an estimate that being you know with Clay, you take Clem out of there, he's going to have to have the extra responsibility, and I think the PPM will get back up over one. I think he scored thirty six points in about forty five minutes, forty forty five. 46 minutes or so, so not awful um, yeah. for, a, for a first hit out, but definitely wait and watch next week. Um, yeah, um, yeah the, well, that's what I put the co- the cons. The Klein last year was is a worry. Um, the Knights are a worry. The coaches are a worry. <laughs> He'll need 55 minutes to be a good option. You talk about PPM. Uh, there was none better than Royce Hunt last year. The best PPM in Supercoach. Uh, 417K at 1% ownership right now. Uh, last year averaged 39.7. This year I've got him pegged at about a 45. Uh, buys in round 5, 13, 17. In drafts, I expect this guy to go undrafted in a lot of leagues. So you'd be able to pick him up, you know, 15th round plus. The pros, as I said, the highest PPM in the game at 1.35, which is, that's high. That's a that's a really, really good work rate. And that was over 18 games. So it's a big sample size. Um, he did that two years ago as well. I'm taking out 2021 because he was injured, uh, but he did it in 2020 as well. I think he had a 1.33. So the bloke churns through work. He does not need many minutes to feast. Uh, and with a few outs at the end of last year, he flourished with a three-round average of 66. Now, he, like I said, he doesn't need more than sort of 35 minutes, I think, to be of value. Uh, he played 29 minutes last year, so we're looking for a six-minute uptick this year. Uh, the cons, the minutes, you know, are, are the worry because the Sharks do have a lot. They're going to have Dale, Toby Rudolph, uh, Brendan Hamlin-Newelli, McInnes, uh, Kafusi, and now Wade Graham playing through the middle. Um, so... Look, he played 29 last year. I don't think 35 is out of the question. And if he does get 35 minutes, you know, I'd be looking at, I would say, 50 average. And he's priced at 39. So, you know, I, I just, I think that minutes are, are a huge thing. Definitely watch the trials. Uh, but there's no doubt about it. The minute this bloke gets a sniff, anything happens at Sharks camp. The minute he looks like he's playing 35, 40 minutes, jump on him because his work rate, as I said, 801.35. When we're talking yep. about front row forwards averaging, you know, 1.1, 1.12, for him to come out and do 1.35 points a minute is absolutely huge. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, when you're always when you have minutes worries, you're like, well, I need this player to go at a, uh, at a one and, and get 55 minutes. We're, we're, we're are, talking about Hunt getting 35 minutes to be viable. Yeah, one of those 1.35ers. If they get 45, 50 minutes, you're you're absolutely laughing. So, uh, you, you know, he'd be one that I probably wouldn't have the courage to start with because I'd be worried about how many minutes he's going to get. Uh, but I'd I'd be having a look, and if in a few rounds, imagine if he was at 40 minutes at his Ooh. PPM. Wow, huge, huge. Um, uh, n- another Raiders boy, Corey Horsburgh, the old red nut. Uh, Corey Horsburgh, front row forward, second row forward. So he's dual, 505,100. He's 1.3% ownership. So that's an Uber pod. The 2022 average was 48. So he was right around, you know, Dan Safidi sort of stuff last year. Um, I'm projecting him for a 54 this year. His um, career PPM is 1.3. So it's right around that Roy Sun. He's a busy player when he's on there. Um, and I'm saying maybe he'll get 45 minutes. The reason I say that, 
is because he is tipped to be the one that's going to start in lock for the Raiders. It's the big um, conjecture point over uh, players. You know, we think maybe it could be Emre Gula. We think it could be Mooney. I'm hearing the big red nut, Horsburgh. The horse is going to start at 13. So I think um, if he starts at 13, he'll probably go back to the bench. Then it'll probably be Trey Mooney or something on. Uh, I think he'll go back in and sort of spell a few minutes in the front row to finish the game. So I reckon he's going to get 45 minutes. Uh, I think he can continue. He's he's one of those likely he's, – he's always looking for an offload or a fend. He's always wrestling in there and getting upset as well. Has a bit of a cry and storms off. He does everything. He's doing – does it all. He'll never be a boring owned, I'll tell you that much. Um but look, he's got buys in round eight, round 16, round uh, 20. Like I said, he's got a very healthy PPM. Um, look, the cons, I, I was like, it's a real hard one to peg with the Raiders pack, isn't it? It's hard at times. We've always, we've been trepid, we've had trepidation about owning Tuppany in the past because we're like, well, Ricky does not give, you know, front rowers and locks great big minutes. He likes to play second rowers for big minutes, but he doesn't ever play these middles for big minutes. So, you know, we, I'm projecting 45 minutes for him to get to um, to get to 48. If you really wanted to be value, you'd want to get 50 minutes out of him, you know, for at his PPM to to sort of be worth um, worth the the buy. I don't know if I've got the courage to do it because there's just too much unknowns around the Raiders pack. But I mean, he, he like like we said about Royce Hunt. I think Corey uh, Horsbury interests me the same way. Yeah, I'm a big, I'm a big fan, especially if he gets to 13. But the question is. Minutes, that's always the issue. But, uh, you know, if he does start and plays big minutes, he's uh, absolutely huge value. Could be similar to Hudson Young last year. Now, that's going to wrap up the sort of uh, Tier 2 players. Now, we're getting into the avoid like the plague. And yep. uh, many avid listeners might realise I haven't mentioned uh, Payne Haas in any of this. <laughs> big Payne Haas is an avoid like the plague. Oh, I just don't know. I mean, like, he's 18% ownership, which I feel is extraordinarily high. I expected this to be way lower. Uh, but 662k, 18% ownership. Last year, average 63. This year, I've got him pegged at about a 68. So a five-point uptick, um, which sounds crazy. You know, 70 average guy we're avoiding. Um, buys in around 16, 19, 25. So, you know, an origin player as well. He's going to miss a lot of that middle portion of the year. Um, out in a pretty key round of around 25. If you do decide to start with him, you pretty much have to sell him around 12, I would say. Um, and that's why I've got him as an avoid like the plague. I mean, there's just no way to get him back into your side at all uh, post round 12, I think, or round 13. Um, the pro uh, in draft, I've got him as a late second, early third, which I think is viable. Uh, pros, proven gun, no doubt. Absolutely one of the very few set and forget front row forwards at his best. Uh, and at his best, he could push an 80 average. We know this. We've seen it before. The cons with Payne Haas is the injury issues are starting to really pile up. A niggle here, an AC joint there, a syndesmosis here, just, you know, rotation. It's just, it's starting to build up over the last four years or so. Uh, and he has had a huge sort of 12-minute drop-off in the last two years. Like, his minutes are getting less and less. His averages are getting less and less. Like, if you look at his graph... For the last four years, his averages have been significantly dropping year on year. Um, and it's just, yeah, a whole host of off-field issues for Payne Haas. You know, there's just a lot going on for, for his side of the family. The emergence of Pat Carrigan as well is a big minute middle, so we don't need to rely on Payne Haas if we have Kevin Walters as much. I, I feel like another positive for Payne Haas, 63, I feel like that's his worst. We're not going to see any worse, and he will only go up. But the question is, how high? I just think with the with the historical trend of his average dropping year on year, you know, 
Pat Carrigan proving that he can play big minutes through the middle, everything going on in the off-field issues, combined with the fact that you know he's probably done round 14 for the rest of the year, being relevant. I'm just I'm not really keen when at 662k. Yeah, I mean you could pay 30 grand and get Tuppity, or you could save yourself 30 grand and go Cotter. So uh, you know I think it's a bit like um, Tohu is just people knowing what has what has been. Um, and maybe that's why he's got the ownership that he has, I, I think. I, honest, I honestly, when d- just to peel behind the curtains a little bit here, because this will go into our next point as well. I generally will do the list of these players and give them tomato, and he, he and I sort of sort through them. I looked at Payne Haas, and when I was writing up his player profile, I was, was going to be like, before I even opened up his profile, I was going to be like, this is the lowest we're going to see Payne Haas in terms of averages for the last four years. But I was shocked to see he's nearly 20% owned, owned. I just think that's huge. Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah. I mean, look, in the past, everyone, he was 60% owned. A 68% owned player of the past will always get over 15%. You know, it's just the way it is. Yeah, I mean, are you are you in agreement with me that he's just an avoid? Because like I said, come round 14, I think he's done. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, I just think it's a, um, Kevy uh, and the Broncos are hard to peg and Payne Haas is hard to peg. Like you said, it's declining over the last few years, so... You're ex- you're going to be going. Uh, I think it's going to go up again. It's going to go up again to what he was before. I don't know. I just wouldn't be taking the risk myself. In the front row, if it's not going to be one of these top tier guns, you know, I'd get down to a midi, and I don't have Payne Haas in one of those top tier guns that I'd want. No. Um. Also, as I said before, peeling back the curtain, I make these lists and give them to Edo, and we sort of divvy up the play profiles. I chucked this next man in the avoid like the plague. And I, I know, a, and he's in my team. I, got I, a swift, I disagreed. I got a swift message about five minutes later being like, I cannot have this Christian Welch slander. Yeah, well, look, I, I did the research on him and I was like, actually, he looks pretty good. I mean, look, there are some cons, so we'll get we'll go through those. Christian Welsh, 464,000. He's 16.4% owed. That doesn't really surprise me because he's a, a value pick. Um, He's probably in there with the DSAF sort of, Ones as well, a couple of dollars cheaper than him. Um, his 2021 average was 59. I'm projecting him for 59.5. Now that's assuming that he gets 50 minutes. Um, but I, you know, that's a conservative estimate. If he gets any more than uh, 50 minutes at his 0.19, just let's say he gets 55 minutes, he's up into the 60s. Um, Christian Welsh. Um, his buys are in round nine, round 13, uh, round 19. Um, in draft, he's probably going to go really late for front row forwards. Um, for a bloke that you averaged 60 the last time he was playing um, a full season, you know, with, and in, without injuries and stuff. He only played one game last year. Um, so there'll probably be nothing on the board, really. You can just slot him in as your second front row, and I think he'll average 60 plus. I'm tipping him this year to have 55 minutes. I think in that pack, I think it's a 1.19 at 55 because they've lost half their bloody forward pack. They've got um, Nelson, who's not, can't really do big, huge minutes. Um, and the big thing is, is can he do 55 after coming back from a big, big injury? Um, his career PPM, um, and the minutes with the opportunity of the, that's been presented because of the players that have exited. If he gets 55 minutes, he'll average 65 based on his PPM. Mm. My absolute official statement on Welsh is that he is a buy, not an avoid, but look, let's get to the cons. He's coming back off an Achilles, which, um, we've seen those Achilles injuries and you hear players say, well, it was worse than an ACL. It was harder to come back off. Um, he, he did his in game one last year. So he's had a year, one whole year 
Um, but is he going to be, do you, do you worry that they're going to ease him back in and say, we do not want you redoing that injury and we do not want you overdoing it. You'll have 45 minutes to start. No, it's, not, and that, it's not the minutes that I'm worried about. I mean, look, I had to dig very much deep into the his career PPM 1.19. Oh, don't get me he wrong. Like, if, he, if he wasn't injured, I'm not having the stance. I'm not saying he's a bad yeah. pick. I mean, he's, he's priced, yeah. he's priced at a 46. Like it's, he's underpriced. Yeah. I'll hundred percent vouch for that. And to say he's an avoid like the plague, probably a little bit of an overstatement, probably trying to yeah. generate, generate some hype. I just think, I mean, the NRL physio, and this was taken, uh, he made this when Sean Johnson did his Achilles, uh, 80 to 90% of players are able to return to their preseason, to their pre-injury performance, but not usually until after their second season. Now, the thing with an Achilles injury is it's it's big. I mean, it's it's you mentioned it's it's tougher to come back from an ACL from all reports. Mm. I just think he's, he's not a Sean Johnson though. He doesn't rely no, on. No, no, I, I, I get speed. that. I get that. Lateral. I, I get and that. I mean, but I just think he's priced at forty-six. If you own Christian Welch, you will make money. The question is how much. I just have him pegged at sort of a 53-54. Now, when people are listening to this podcast, um, this will be this will be coming out on the Monday. So he will have either scored four tries in the trial, and I look like a clown, or and he'll he, look like an absolute weapon. Or he look, plays he plays twenty minutes. Videos. I've seen their training videos, and I'm watching all the forwards run, and he is running and turning quicker than all of them. He really does not seem to be restricted um, movement wise, just from the footage I've seen. I think he can do 55 minutes this year with, you know, you're losing the Bromwiches out of there. You're losing half your bloody forward back. He's there experienced. I mean, he was an origin forward. I think he was probably... Oh, I love the bloke. I, think, the I think when he gets back to his best, he'll be he'll be sensational. Yeah. And so what, what you're banking on is that he's ready. I, ready just, to go, I just don't or think... Or he's not ready to go. I think he will average 59 this year. I just don't know how close he'll be to that in the first six rounds. In saying that, he has been in my team in the last 48 hours. So although although I'm not keen, I do see a lot of value. He's, pri- he's averaged 59 last or the year before last. He's priced yep. at 46 this year. There is value there. I'm just concerned. And I think that's the biggest thing. I'm not doubting his ability as a player. Yeah, I'm it's just, not complete confidence that you're going yeah. in with him. Like, it's just the injury, um, and, and that's, that's all. The thing. I feel nervous about Dan Safidi, and I'm like, well, I'll just save 20K and be just as nervous about Christian Welsh. Melbourne Storm have a pretty nice draw to start the year, and I think he's going to be a leader, much like Dan Safidi in that pack. Um, traditionally, he's got at a pretty good clip PPM-wise. So, um, yeah, it's um, one of those ones where you've got to have a bit of faith that he's over that Achilles and he's not going to start slowly, um, you know, because if he does... You know, we're going to be sitting back going, well, good on you, Ada. Why just say unequivocally my official statement is a buy? You told everyone to buy him. I don't think uh, you'll get burned. I don't think you'll get him, I think I'm going to start with him. I think with 50 minutes, he'll still get 50, a tick under 60. And if he gets 55, he'll score 65. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get burnt by by him. I'm just not sure how much upside. Like, we've, got, we've got 10 minutes until this trial kicks off, the Roosters trial. So let's speed through the last right. uh, three players. Jack Hetherington at 266K. Jesus Christ, he's 19% ownership. Jesus. Know, we haven't even seen him run out in a bloody Newcastle jersey. <laughs> now, uh, average 32 last year. Um, look, was injured uh, in saying that. This year, I've got him pegged at a 40, and that's max. That's like best case. In draft, I've got him going undrafted. Uh, the pros, there ain't many. Uh, he's got late buys, which are around 10, 14, around 19. A handy jewel, and that's really all the positives I can say. The cons, really, really poor PPM. Uh, even at prop, he wasn't even a 1.0. We're talking about Royce Hunt being a 1.3. Uh, yeah, when Heather's not even pushing a 1, that's that's a worry. I worry about his minutes. Uh, I worry about his 19% ownership. He just 
gives me really, really plod vibes. Um, yep. Yeah, I just... Uh, look, he's priced at a 26. So if he does get 35, you know, nine points of value, he'll make a little bit of cash, but not enough cash at a 35 average to sell. And round 10, round 14 buys make it kind of awkward. I just... I don't know. I mean, they love Lachlan Fitzgibbon. Brody mm. Jones... Everyone thought that maybe he was going to start in the second row and then there there could have been an opportunity for it to be value. doesn't look like that's going to happen. So, no, I don't know. No, I'm not keen. Yeah, 19% ownership is just huge. I think I'm... I understand it because he's been in my team, but not because I plan on starting with him, but because he is 266K. He's one of the cheaper... Oh, he's one of the more expensive cheapies, so it's easy to downgrade. Uh, But I'd much rather take a punt on Mr. Sean Kepi at 274K, Ado. Yeah, seven point four percent ownership. That's probably. I mean, I'd. I think I'd probably choose him over Hetherington. His two thousand and twenty-two average was twenty-six. He was just like a um, bit part minutes, wasn't he? Off the bench, he was shit. Um, let's just let's just put it that way. <laughs> yeah, look, I've I projected him this year for thirty-nine point eight two, so it's under forty. So he's actually probably that's if he gets forty-five minutes. Um, Kepi. Last year, he didn't get anything close to that minutes-wise. So I'm saying, and his PPM is not over one either, 0.885. So he's not as shiny as you think he would. He's probably going to be in the same category as Hetherington. But um, I'm tipping him for a slight minutes uptake based on their lineup. I think um, he might be a chance to start. Um, you lose sort of tap out of there. I think there might be five to seven minutes for some of these middles. Um, so Kepi could get... Um, 45. If he gets 45 minutes, he'll score your 40 I points. Think with, I think with the Manly Middles, I don't really think it matters who starts and who doesn't. It looks like huh. they're all sort of, you know, mixed in with an equal minute share. So it's just, we're, we're just, we're banking on Cappy having a bit of an uptick in performance. Yeah, tiny bits. But when he gets an uptick in minutes, it's at a point, point, a point 0.885. It's not going to be anything to write home about. He might just be a really slow burn, bubble away type bloke. Um, his cons, the PPM is quite rank, really. That's what I said. And the minutes are hard to peg. I'm saying 45, but who bloody knows, eh? They've got a new coach in there. He does things a little bit differently. Um, so I, I just think somebody in the 230K players will probably do just as well, don't you reckon? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm in, a, in a grants. Um, yep. Davey Mawali, 234K, 14% ownership, which... I think it needs to be a little bit higher, honestly. Uh, last year, average 22.2. This year, I've got him pegged at a 42 average, so 20-point increase. Buys in round 16, 20, 26. In draft, undrafted. Pros, a lot of minutes on offer here at the Bunnies. Uh, and Mawali is getting older, you know, more mature, growing into his body, growing into first grade. You get four months of growth as well for Mawali before a buy kicks in. So you're going to get 16 weeks before you have to look at selling him. Uh, even if he's a slow burn... 16 weeks is plenty of time. Uh, the cons, you've got Arrow, Knight, Host. It's a weird sort of rotation there. One of them's going to play edge. One of them's going to get minutes through the middle. Um, how much will Jason Demetrio trust his youngster with minutes? His PPM's not amazing, slightly only, only above one. But I think as he gets older, that will only improve. And yeah, I mean, the injuries to Harmsele, um, Saliba Havili, there's going to be minutes there. The same reason why we like Totola, the same reason why I like Mawali, and the same reason why midway through next week, I'm going to climax over the thought of Cam Murray when we talk about him. Um, but yeah, David Mawali, 234K, I think he's basically all but guaranteed a bench spot. Yeah, I like him. I think of the $234,000 price points, even those two two hundred and thirty up to Hetherington and Kepi, he's my favorite. 
because he's going to get their score and he's going to do it for cheaper than both of those other two we just mentioned. Um, and I, I think he looks, he's more fun to watch, isn't he? Than the other ones. He looks like he's on the, uh, on the up tick. He looks like he's getting better. Um, so I like him. Just, I think he's the guy. I think I've got him and we took on my bench. So he's my one that I've decided to go with. And I like him. And just a quick one. Uh, he's not on the run sheet today, but based off his trial performance yesterday, uh, and the fact that, you know, you've got Sele and, and Havili out. Uh, I really like the look of Shaq Mitchell, too. I think he's also 234K. Uh, he ran the ball really well in the All-Stars game, and it wouldn't be surprised to see him finally break into first grade. Uh, I think you can toss up between Moali and Shaq Mitchell. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, you know, you'd wonder if one of the others come back with a Shaq jumps out. Um, but, you know, you can take take your pick. Ado, ben- who was our last player of today? Ben Murdoch Basilla, um, the last one, front row forward, second row forward. So he's got the jewel, 234,800. I know a few people like the super coach guns that got a bit excited yesterday in the trial because he scored 40 odd something points. Out of but- try. Look, I've been I've been on Gunners back all preseason because I've had Murdoch Basilla in my side since day one. Um, but yeah, I mean, he got 49 with a try assist. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, oh, well, it's not actually very good, mate, with the, with the you know, the attacking points he got in there. But uh, he's 7.2% owned. I mean, you might as well have him if you're going to go with Jack Etherington. Because, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd rather Ben over Jack. Yep, because they, that St. George pack is shit. Um, and, you know, th- stranger things have happened with that coach. He could start Ben Whistler in the second row. Who knows? Just saying, um, just before you go on your analysis, just looking at the eye test, he looks a lot fitter. Uh, I think at the Warriors, he was done for pace a lot, uh, really caught out, but he just looks a little bit leaner. Um, and, yeah, maybe now, the finally score, The score wasn't great in that game against St. Helens, but he looked good. He looked one of their better ones to me. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know if it's an eye test type of thing, but um, look, he's averaging uh, 2022 was 19. A lot of the Warriors fans that I talk to are like, don't put yourself. Hey, Anton, shout out to Anton again. He is not a, he is not <laughs> he's a, not a big fan, fan of Ben Murdoch Basilla. <laughs> he hates him. Um, but yeah, that 19 average was in 25 minutes. So um, yeah. worth noting, you've got him pegged to 31. Is that just a, you know, uptick in minutes? Yeah, I'm saying if he gets 35 minutes at his career PPM, he'll score 31. Um, he will be undrafted. Uh, he'll be a waiver as he won't be drafted at all. Um, and he may just, you might get him on the waiver list, you know, if, you, if you've got to cover an injury or a suspension. It's worth noting that if you're not going to go um, with uh, the fullback in round one, if you're looking for a loop um, option, he could be your guy. If you want to have, just say you want to look at Cleary. You know, and you want to go into a Teddy captain or something. You want to have a dragon in there. I think the choices are probably Ben Murdoch, Mozilla, or Tyrell Sloan, aren't they? Definitely, definitely. Well, look, the Front Row Forward podcast a lot quicker than the, uh, you know, Hooker podcast. I worry about how long the uh, 2RF podcast is going to take because there's going to be a lot there. And in saying that's going to take us a long time to research and get all these stats. So sit tight. I don't have an exact time when we're doing it. Um, but yeah, that's the Front Row Forward podcast done. Uh, if you've made it this far, you deserve to be in our podcast only group with the group code 988813. Thank you very much for your time, mate. The Roosters Melbourne game has just kicked off, so I'm going to strap into some Sunday Arvo footy. Uh, I will talk to you when I talk to you. I'm going to be doing the yeah. 2RF podcast. It's going to be a, yeah. a very, very big one. Yeah, looking forward to it, mate. Enjoy the game. I'll go watch two, and we'll talk about uh, second row forward soon. Lovely. See you soon, guys. Bye. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 